my govanen melonin. Hello, friends, and welcome to Speak, Friend, and Enter, a podcast where my sister and I use Tolkien's books to explain some things that the movies didn't make totally clear. I'm Audrey, your movie magoovy. <laughs> and I'm Leah, your book skidabook. <laughs> Hopefully that clears things up in case you were wondering what this podcast is about. I think we made it pretty <laughs> clear. This podcast is all about explaining things. <laughs> so, are we going to get right in? We are. Well, since I have taken on the uh, class in this podcast of Movie Master, mm-hmm. um, I have a few, you know, trying to bulk out my job here. <laughs> <laughs> but I started watching um, more of the, like, the special features, all the because I have those, like, nerdy-ass, like, box sets from, like, you know... 2004. T- 2004. <laughs> um, did we already talk about, like, my my disappointment about, like, getting the wrong movie from Mom when I was I a kid? I don't think we have. Okay, well, let me just, like, bring that up really quick. I think it it had to be, like, around the time that The Two Towers came out because that's how, like, the, the DVDs were always released a year after the movies, which was about the same time that yep. the next movie was coming out in theaters. Yeah, so, probably so you could catch up yeah <laughs> they're, they're really counting on you wanting to buy the dvd so that you have the whole mm-hmm. experience you get a six hour movie yes. out of a three hour movie <laughs> so i my obsession with the lord of the rings movies started more around two two towers because i think that i was a little bit too young still when like fellowship came out i yeah i kind of like went back and then watched it a bunch of times after i was obsessed with two towers so it started there i saw two towers in the theater like six or seven times <laughs> I remember like seeing it so many times and I kept asking my best friend at the time to uh come and see it with me and then she like came with me a few times and then I asked her like you want to go to the movies after school today and then she yelled at me and she's like Audrey not everybody is obsessed with those movies and I was like hurt but also like flattered at the same time <laughs> also she could not have been more wrong <laughs> I know ridiculous <laughs> so anyway um i was super into it at that time and then like got my hands on them like any sort of content that i could which like wasn't a whole lot at the time because the internet wasn't quite internet yet. yeah it was still like 1.0 internet yeah it was like i could find some weirdos like fan page that they made about like mary Brandybuck or something maybe She's talking about me am i talking about you <laughs> I remember something like in our bookmarks that I didn't bookmark. I think you did. It was like a Mary fan page, I think. I ran a GeoCities fan page. Shut up. (laughs) Called The Lost Palantir. Oh my God. That's amazing. So I didn't realize that I was just talking about you. (laughs) You had the one other content that I could absorb besides what the creators of the movies put out. Yep. So um, I ended up going to Blockbuster and renting like the big like four DVD set of the fellowship that had like the extended movie cut and then like all of the behind the scenes content, like all of it. Mm -hmm. And I spent like that whole like five days that I had that, I did nothing but just like consume it. And I was just like so just absorbed by this. And then this was at the time when you and I were doing our... um, our math times tables you had already done yours but Mm -hmm. it was like my turn Uh at that time where um 
Uh, so our mom used to like give us like an incentive to pass our times tests, memorize our times memorize tables. our times tables. I got Disney's Hercules. Yeah, good choice mm-hmm. um, on VHS, right? Oh, of course, it was 1996. <laughs> That's right. And then like, so this was like a few years later for me, and I said, for my times tables, can you get me that? Um, set of the fellowship of the rings dvds so then i did it i was so excited to get it and mom got me like the shitty single dvd theatrical cut and i remember she gave it to me and i was like oh no but i like acted really happy because i'm like i i know this is a nice thing that she did so and she didn't have to get me this movie but i was like when you're expecting the the freaking box set (laughs) And then you just get, like, it's not even two DVDs. Yeah. You just get the one DVD that only has up to the Council of Elrond. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, Mom, I still appreciate that DVD in my heart. But... Our mom is going to listen to this episode, like, four times, just like she listens to all the episodes four times. And it's going to break her heart every time she hears this. She knows. Hey, Mom, I love you. She kn- She knows how I feel about that DVD. <laughs> But I still love her. Um. You know, I uh, I had never seen the extended edition of Fellowship of the Ring until I was like 25, because that's we had the non-extended version in our right. house. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, it was the one that Mom got me for my time tables. But I had seen the extended one because I rented it from Blockbuster. <laughs> that's what I thought I was gonna get, but that's okay. So um, now, anyway, that was a long preface. I just thought that was a fun little <laughs> anecdote. Little anecdote. Um, so. I'm going back and watching those um, special features now because I actually hadn't seen I haven't seen any of the fellowship ones since oh, right. since I was like 11. <laughs> so I'm seeing that again for the first time, which is like really weird because it's still like lo-fi, like early 2000s, like recording and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it's like all boxed in and, you know. Uh, it's like when Miranda Otto posts like never before seen behind the scenes pics mm-hmm. and it's clearly just like her taking a cell phone picture of yeah. a photo she had developed in the year 2002. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, there's a lot of content. It's pretty dense. But what I did end up watching um, just the over the last few weeks was what they called their pre-viz which is like pre-visualization. It's kind of their whole department that they had um, built around just visualizing the scenes before, like long, long, long before they would actually shoot anything so that they could make sure that they were like executing Peter Jackson's vision as exact as possible to like what he had in mind. That makes me so like touched in my heart (laughs) like they all had so much love in their heart for this movie from the very beginning i wonder if the hobbit was like as thoughtful almost definitely not yeah probably not because it's just all cgi so it's like we just entered it into a computer and there's the movie (laughs) boop 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 we pressed the movie button and then it made the movie for us so if the hobbit is listening uh we know a lot of people work very hard on you and you just weren't given enough time to be as amazing as you could be (laughs) and also cgi ruined everything about yeah that movies. was not great <laughs> anyway please continue so um one thing that was really interesting is that they worked with the crew of star wars to establish their previous department because i don't remember who exactly it was either peter jackson or somebody else like on a similar level had connections with those people makes sense and 
they were just like shooting the shit and just being like, yeah, we're trying to like, we have all these storyboards and we're just trying to implement it. And they're like, oh, well, we have a whole department for that. Let us, why don't you come over to our studio and we will show you what we do. So that's why Lord of the Rings like ended up being so, I mean, as good as it is, is mm-hmm. because they worked with the people from Star Wars uh, like they used, they adopted their exact same process That's of awesome. like pre-creation. So, um, so it's kind of like this is more for like those the most complicated scenes, like running down the stairs of Casa Casa Dune. Yeah, you nailed it. Did I nail it? Okay. Yeah. Um, they hardly say that name in the actual movie. It's yeah, just like they use the root the mind for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and things like the dragon fireworks, the Balrog. Um, Gandalf on top of Isengard, things that are just like, you can't really just like do that in life. <laughs> but like Peter Jackson just like knew exactly what he wanted in his head. Um, so it was really cool because first they have illustrated storyboards, like shot for shot of the movies. It's like you could watch the movie by flipping through like this book they were showing, like panning over all of these scenes and stuff where it's like like the most iconic things. Like what are those guys that are like holding their hands out? The like, Argonath. The Argonath, those giant gigantic statues while while they're like going through down like down a, the river the Anduin. river that's actually isildur and his brother anarion okay so it's like these huge ass statues of men and it's like the same shot that you can see like illustrated or like um the writers of rohan coming in like on top of the hill at the end of like the two towers so it's just like it's just really cool that it's just like somebody drew it and they were like yes we are going to execute that exactly as that is in that drawing radical (laughs) and it's cool because like as a graphic designer it's like you have the whole like sketching and mock-up process and it's just something that you don't picture like in terms of like film Mm -hmm. filmography which i don't think is always necessary but for something as illustrative as the lord of the rings you have to really plan out your shit yeah (laughs) it speaks to the skill not only of like the crew executing the storyboards Mm -hmm. but also the people who made the storyboards something that was filmable and not only filmable but like very uh, effective on film right yeah so that yeah they had actually three different um three major parts of their previs department one of them and this is like really funny to watch they have mini sets with figurines to act out scenes with puppets. So it's like they have like a little Gandalf Barbie (laughs) and they have like the, and it's just like a diorama basically of all the different sets. And then it's like literally just like Peter Jackson, like playing with dolls and filming it and showing like exactly how he wants it to be blocked and staged. That's pretty genius actually. (laughs) You can play around with a lot of different, ways of doing a scene without having to direct actual humans. Yeah. So he's they were doing this like at least a year before like they started shooting the actual film. Hot damn. So they really planned it out. The other thing was and I actually just use this word but like mock-ups mm-hmm. is what they called it of scenes uh where Peter Jackson and the other crew members would act out the scene um on the live set after they have it built many many times over before even bringing it to the actors. Mm -hmm. Um, And it would also give them a chance to kind of uh, test out the script. And sometimes they would change the script like while they're doing this. But it's like, there was one image of like Peter Jackson, like being Bilbo when he comes into his house right after the birthday party. And you know, Mm -hmm. he like flips the ring up and like catches it and then puts it in his pocket. It's just like Peter Jackson doing that over and over again. So there's so many like little details where it's just like, he's like, it needs to be exactly like this. 
And then, like, Ian Holm, like, a year later, does that exact thing. That's great. That's really fantastic and, like, astounding. Yeah. It's it's so... (laughs) To really put the work in beforehand, before you get the talent in, so Mm -hmm. you can just give them exactly what they need to do yeah their thing that's very cool yeah and then the final thing um is that they used like really shitty at the time animation software (laughs) to block out the scenes that are more difficult kind of like the ones i said of like the stairs of casaduna and like the fireworks and stuff like that so they have like these really cheesy animations of like it's kind of like like people running down the stairs of Casa Dune, but their legs aren't moving. They're just kind of like <laughs> sliding down the stairs, and like they have really cheesy expressions on their faces. I love it. I would really. I'm sure that all of this content is on YouTube, mm-hmm. so I would really recommend like looking up the Lord of the Rings movie storyboards. And like I'm sure if you if you search for like previs, which is like P R E dash V I S. Lord of the Rings, then you'll find a lot of stuff like that without having to get like the DVD definitely box set. <laughs> I feel like I've definitely seen a really cheesy animation rig of the fireworks dragon, mm-hmm. but it's all grayscale. Yep. So it has very little visual impact. That is exactly what they had in there. It's like really cheesy and weird looking. <laughs> like a skeleton looking thing. Little the, guy. The other the other things that were really cool, which I actually shared with you a couple weeks ago, right after I watched it, where they have like a different, like, a longer extended version of the prologue that, like, Galadriel says at the beginning, but it gives, like, so much more in-depth information, like, a lot of the stuff that we talked about, Mm -hmm. like, about, like, deep lore and, like, the creation of, like, man and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. Um, and they have it all in storyboard format, so it's kind of, like, showing, like, pieces of storyboard with, like, a voiceover and, like, fully edited in where there's like you know uh battle scenes. battle scenes and stuff so yeah i actually tweeted that oh you did you showed it to me so yeah okay. you can go to the show's twitter like I know speak. that <laughs> probably know go to at speak friend pod and you can see uh, a link to that youtube video as well as audrey very excitedly texting me about when she understood what children of a Luvatar means <laughs> yeah they said children of a Luvatar and i was like i know what that is <laughs> i know it i'm an expert now so more to come on that. I just I really like to share that because that kind of information because they put so much thought into just like every little bit of detail of these movies that I don't know, just like mind blowing. It's so. really incredible. Yeah. They just don't make them like they used to. <laughs> so last time we just talked about when they first leave the Shire mm-hmm. and uh, them kind of trolling around the countryside. And surprising amount of time that we spent on a one small scene of Wood Elves <laughs> that wasn't even in the theatrical cut. Wood Elves. So, so that that sort of actually, I think it cuts over right after that to um, Gandalf meeting kind, with Saruman. meeting with Saruman. So they're kind of just having a nice walk in nature. It seems like yeah, <laughs> it seems like just that. two nice old men with their walking sticks. <laughs> I guess to start things off, tell me more about Saruman before he turned into such a dick. <laughs> the We don't know a lot about him in the movies except that he sucks. Yeah, he has like a very strong uh, visual. I feel like he has a great character design. Yeah. But as far as backstory, you get almost nothing. Oh. And, uh, sorry, in the movies. Oh, in the movies. It's like, they didn't even care. <laughs> Tolkien didn't even care about Saruman. I care about Saruman. <laughs> no, and I think that that's because his backstory is mostly in the Silmarillion. Oh, and they didn't have the rights. Exactly. Ah. So much of the stuff we talk about. Jeez. I feel like we should have a little jingle. <laughs> we don't have the rights. Is this illegal? <laughs> <laughs> woo, 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 woo. <laughs> 
so Saruman, as we talked about, was a Maya in Valinor before mm-hmm. he was a wizard or an Istar in, in Middle-earth. Middle Earth, yeah. Saruman was originally named Kurumo, which means skilled or cunning one. Mm-hmm. And I should probably say at this point that the other wizards had other names when they were Maiar in mm-hmm. Valinor. Yeah. Uh, Gandalf was called Olorin, which comes from the Quenya word that just means dream or vision. Beautiful. He's a dreamy he man. He is a dream. <laughs> Saruman, or at this point, Kurumo, and Sauron were both Maiar of Aule the Craftsman. Okay. So they, they like knew each other in their past life, so to speak. Absolutely, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are they friends? Um, <laughs> would I say that Sauron has ever had a friend? So, wait, oh, I was, I was thinking Saruman. You, yes, yes, you were absolutely... Okay. Sar- Saruman and Sauron. Oops, I thought you friends. were saying Saruman and Gandalf. All right. <laughs> Noticeably F-A-T. <laughs> Give me a beat. Yes, Sauron and Saruman, who were very unkindly named for yeah. the average viewer or reader. <laughs> it's tough, man. Yeah. I know a lot of people like who are more, you know, casual. Those casuals. Watchers of Lord of the Rings Noobs. think that Saruman and Sauron are like this. They like mix them up all the time and think that they're like the same character because the name sounds... It's very, <laughs> it's very reasonable, especially because Sauron doesn't have a physical form, so it would be easy mm-hmm. for someone to assume that they're the same guy. And they're both, like, the main, like, bad guys <clears throat> in the series. Yep. It's, like, Saruman and Sauron, and there's really not, like, anybody beneath them as far as, like, evil goes. Would it be helpful if we started calling Sauron Gorthaur the Cruel? That's a mouthful. So, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sauron and Saruman mm-hmm. are as close to pals as maybe you could be when you're okay. both just, like, weirdly arrogant dicks. Right. And they both, like, work under and serve Aule the Craftsman. And where is Gandalf from again? Like, wh- what um, Valar did... Vala, did he serve? Nailed it. You nailed that uh, singular. Did I did it. Um, he Gandalf served under Nienna, who okay. is the Valar in charge of crying. Right. Okay. So when there's like a wizard serving under one Vala and one serving under a different, do those two not really interact much? Uh, no concrete information. Okay. No idea. Okay. Although, I guess I just want to know if Gandalf and Saruman were like friends. Uh, probably not, because... Saruman's not, like, a nice guy. (laughs) Yeah. Having said that there's no concrete information, I think that's actually inaccurate because Radagast, who was a Maya named Iwendil, Mm -hmm. uh, he served under Yavanna, who is the giver of fruits. She's the maybe hobbit creator yeah it's just maybe the hobbit's mom and it's like it's it's noted that saruman has always had contempt for radagast <laughs> he's always kind of thought that he was just like a flighty dum-dum yeah uh, so i guess they must have known each other in valinor because he had that preconception of him like even as they were chosen to be emissaries to middle earth right yeah so uh, i'm gonna say they weren't friends <laughs> Okay, fair enough. That Saruman just generally probably wasn't friends with anybody. Just viewed everyone with contempt. That's actually not far off. He's he's very into himself uh, at the expense of feeling any any positive emotions towards anyone. But before all of this shit that's going down in Middle Earth now, he's generally a good guy, right? Like he's like 
on the Let's good side. Let's say he's definitely or on a the, neutral at least. Neutral is probably pretty close. Yeah. But he's not like evil. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't call him evil until uh, I could I can hardly call him evil in the movies either just because it's like he's being manipulated by by Sauron. Or is he? Oh, you guys can't all see me do that thing with my glasses where I'm <laughs> raising them. <laughs> um, uh, there's a lot about Saruman. Okay, so Saruman. Mm-hmm. What he's like as a person. He His strongest powers are his intellect and his voice. He's very learned in the ways of magic. And he's a history buff when it comes to powerful kingdoms like mm-hmm. Khazad-dûm and Gondor and Numenor. Right. And he is incredibly persuasive. It's not that like he weaves magic with his words and he like ensorcels people. Yeah. It's just that he's a real good talk guy. Okay. <laughs> Much better than you, I assume. Yeah, well, he would have to be. Uh so they all come to Middle-earth and uh, the wizards, that yeah. is. And Saruman takes control of Orthanc in Isengard. Right. He does this in order to mount a defense against whatever evil stuff is around, um, in, in around like the area of Rohan. Yeah. This is back in like, like the year two thousand in the Third Age, where Frodo times is the year three thousand. So this is Isildur times. Shit, I'm messing up our own timeline. <laughs> Isildur times is the Second Age. Oh, okay. I, Second Age and 2000. Yep. I know. I'm the sorry. the same thing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's the number two. I was just like, it's the same. We would, we would, we would quote unquote, uh, like in Tolkien scholarship, you would call it like the year TA 2000. Okay. Because it's the Third Age 2000. Whereas mm. the Silver Times would be like SA 3000. Gotcha. Okay. I'm not going to do that, though, because... Yeah. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want anyone to have to write things down to keep up. So this is in, in about... TA 2000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the reason Saruman actually takes over Orthanc is that he hopes that a Palantir is still there. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So he's got his own stuff going on right from the beginning. That's so weird that, like, the whole point of wizards is supposed to be, like, help the people out from evil. And then there's, like, a wizard that has their own motives. He's just, like, twirling his mustache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Saruman. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. Uh, that bums me out. I was really hoping that he was just, like, a dude that was, like, manipulated by a bad dude. Well, the, his character can be read in multiple ways. It's mm-hmm. certainly not, like, canonical that, like, Saruman's been evil since day one. It's yeah. just that he was very arrogant, mm-hmm. and he thought himself above everyone else hmm. to the point that eventually he thought, I could rule everyone else. Sounds a little bit like our friend uh, Malkor. Is that who that was? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Melkor. <laughs> Melkor. Melkor, the one who sang uh, Hawthorne Heights exactly. when everybody else was singing opera. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so. If nothing else, I hope that that image catches on. <laughs> That's the one lasting effect of this podcast. So in Middle-earth, we talked about, I think in like one of the very early episodes, how Gandalf gets one of the rings of power. Yes. The, our, our good friend Cirdan the Shipwright, the mm-hmm. only elf with a beard, uh, gives Gandalf <laughs> his ring. And when Saruman learns about this, he is so jealous. He's like, I deserve one of these rings of power. I'm such a better wizard than Gandalf. Mm. I'm so smart. Not anymore. You don't got a fucking ring. Yeah, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so out of this jealousy comes a paranoia uh, that Gandalf is scheming against Saruman. And he uses <laughs> this to justify his scheming. Own scheming. against him. It's yeah. 
there's so much psychology behind that. It's just a cycle of scheming. <laughs> so he, he uses the Palantir that he does find in Orthanc to see around Middle-earth, because that's one of the uses of the Palantir. It's just like farsight, basically. Yeah, right. Yeah. Is that like, does there have to be one in the spot that you're looking at? Or can you just kind of look at any point? Good question. You can pretty much look anywhere. Okay. Yeah. So he, he's using the Palantir to look all around Middle-earth, basically just so that he is the guy who knows the most. Like, I know the yeah. news of everything happening all around Middle-earth, and I'm the only one who knows it. Um, however, he doesn't know that Sauron also has one fucking idiot and this is where it kind of takes a turn where you said oh i hoped he was just like a, a dick who is being manipulated mm. this is where that starts happening another situation in which somebody is using a piece of equipment that they don't understand without reading the user and that's license right. agreement yeah fool so like because he's using one now sauron has remote control over him <laughs> That's right. He can look into Saruman's webcam and look at him when he's just like slouching over with Cheeto dust on his <laughs> chest of his white robes. Yeah, it's big in his nose. <laughs> okay. So Saruman is, you know, he's super arrogant. He believes himself to be the wisest and most powerful of all the Astari. Mm -hmm. And he's very interested in the rings of power at first, just as like a field of study. And it's something that that uh, Gandalf considers him to be very useful for. Like, oh, no one knows more about the Rings of Power than Saruman, the greatest of my order. I will ask him the questions I have about the Rings of Power because yeah. he studied them so completely. Right. And and in in Saruman's quest to like defeat Sauron, he starts to think that he could have done things better and he could have like, ruled then who? better. Then Sauron. Yes. Oh, you dick. Yep. So I would say that Saruman... <sighs> always a dick. It's <laughs> always a dick. That's my thesis about Saruman. <laughs> he was always a dick. But he wasn't always an evil dick. Yeah. He was just like a self-serving dick. Exactly. For yes. a bit. He wasn't necessarily like looking to conquer the world. He just mm -hmm. wanted to have power and knowledge. Yeah. And be mean to poor Radagast. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that was his one goal. Was just, <laughs> just be mean to yeah, Radagast. be mean to Radagast. Who, who could be mean to such a gentle soul? <laughs> I know that you um, don't love the Hobbit movies. Uh, especially because Lord of the Rings was so formative for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But Radagast is just like a cute little man in those movies. He's just like an yeah. idiot with bird shit in his hair. <laughs> I remember that in his beard and stuff, yeah. right? But he was just like nice and he, he, you know, he studied under Yavanna, so he's like the plants and animals guy. Yeah. Just like a chill dude. I remember him being, like, I only saw the Hobbit movies one time mm -hmm. each and uh yes I under just, under threat of force by me yes <laughs> and i just remember him being like really like he was like tweaking yeah he looked <laughs> he was very concerned about everything all yeah. the time <laughs> like he was definitely like he just smoked a bunch of pot and thought that the cops were after him at every moment in time i'm about like, the vibe that i got from him <laughs> i'm about 90 percent sure he did actually smoke pot in one of those movies oh really yeah <laughs> yeah that makes sense yep yep so back to saruman after Saruman uses the Palantir to look at Barad-dûr, he's mm -hmm. caught by Sauron. Mm. And then Sauron starts to manipulate him uh, via the Palantir into being more paranoid and hateful and vicious. All right. That's going to be it for this episode of Speak, Friend, and Enter. Thanks so much for listening. 
If you liked what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Those reviews really help people find the show. If you have a question about the movies or a topic you'd like us to discuss, please email us at speakfriendpod at gmail.com. You can check out the show's Twitter at speakfriendpod for official pod stuff and visual aids. My personal Twitter is at askistwin, that's I-S-T-W-E-N, and Audrey can be found on Instagram at Audrey underscore underscore Lynn L-Y-N. Tune in next time for the answers to burning questions like, how long was Gandalf a prisoner of Saruman? Where did the seeing stones come from? And who is Tom Bombadil and does he really matter? Until next time, Muku Turgizu Turguskin. May your beard continue to grow.